Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. We are back for part three with Brian Osborne, part of our Meet the Cast lineup. And Brian, I am so thrilled to have you back. I'm thrilled to have you as part of the movie. And you got to see the movie, right? I did. You, you oh, and your wife. Goodness. We did. Oh yeah. So we watched it. Well, initially I had it before she did. So I watched it. I loved it. Said it. She got to see it later on. And she was like, oh my goodness, it's even more awesome than you told me it was. Because I can't say but so much because I'm in it. It's right, really right. bad if I start pumping up too much. But uh, no, and she was super fired up about it. She loved this so much and she's a homeschooling mom. And so uh, we both love this so much. I love the way it's done. I love how I think just the angle that you've approached it with and how uh, you're really, it's really encouraging. And, and it's really, it's, I think it really gives people hope that, you know what, I can do this. and. If God has called me to this, then this can be done. This will be really good for our family. So there's a really, there's a lot of hope, I feel like, as you mm. watch it. So you're not so just weighted down by the weight of the bad things in our culture. Yes, it's happening. There's something we can do, and we can do this. And so uh, that, along with just all the people in it and the way it's done, and the, the editing ninja right. back there did a great job, I'm sure <laughs> many others. And so, uh, yeah, just it turned out fantastic. You've done a fantastic job, and I think God's really blessed it. Yeah. Well, thank you again, all by God's grace. I mean, we are just blown away um, by the responses that we've gotten from it and already the lives that have been impacted. And it's not even out yet soon, a few more weeks. (laughs) (laughs) So God, God is good. All, all by his grace and for his glory. Um, That's all I can say. So even after five years, even after five years (laughs) and lots of grace poured out on you. Oh man. Yes, it, it is. You know, we've been in in touch with you through the years and you and I have had many conversations about that and just, you know, and and I remember probably about a year and a half or two years ago, you were like, it's going to happen in God's time. And I was like, I know, (laughs) but I'm ready for this thing to be done. And uh, that's a cliche thing to say. Good job, Brian. (laughs) God will be glorified. Good in his timing. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Well, we we knew that to be true. Um, Some cliches are necessary and good. So. You're welcome. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Anyhow, we, we've we had a great time this week. Um, and yesterday, we kind of left a cliffhanger at the end of our conversation when we were talking about um, apologetics and the importance of teaching right. our kids to be able to defend their faith. Why, you know, them yep. understanding what they believe and why they believe what they believe. Because if they just say they believe it because mom and dad believe it, you know, I tell my girls all the time, like, your, your belief in God, your relationship with the Lord is on you. Like all I can do is point you to him, but you don't get to ride into heaven on my coattails as much as I would like that. I mean, that would be my desire. I want to just drag him in there with me, but I can't. And so, you know, my man, my greatest desire for my kids, I, I think so much about parents who really don't understand. And we talked about this, I think in the first episode, the importance of their kids' spiritual walk. 
and when we say, you know, well, what do you, what are your desires for your kids? So often they'll say, you know, oh, you know, I want my kids to get married. I want them to be happy. I want them to, you yeah. know, have lots of kids or have, you know, a nice house or have a good job. I want them to go to a good university. I want, they want all the things that the world wants for them. And not that those That's things right. are necessarily bad, but who cares about any of that if they don't have a relationship with the Lord? Um, oh, absolutely. And they won't care after they're dead. Right. In the least about any of those things. As a matter right. of fact, they'll be pretty upset that, you know, hey, why was I not told otherwise? I mean, you know, right. I mean, it's the responsibility is not all the parents, but I'm just saying, like, yeah. Those things are trivial in comparison to eternity. Right, right. And the the responsibility is on the parents for the first many years of their lives, you know, right. to, to, to lead them that way. And, That's right. And Absolutely. so in apolog you know, thinking about apologetics and, and helping them to understand what they believe and be able to defend that belief is so important. Um, but I, I had asked kind of at the end and said I wanted to talk about this first thing um, on this podcast, and then we have some other questions, but how do we balance what the secular world is teaching with right. the truth of God's word? Because sometimes, you know, I'm like, man, I just, I don't really want my kids to know this thing. And I know oftentimes right. it's, it's an age appropriate thing, but how do we in a healthy way expose them to the evils without overwhelming them or burdening yeah. them, but also giving them what they need and countering that with the truth of God's word. Right. And you said this, I think at the end of the last episode, and it's an important note. And that is, you know, and when you homeschool in particular, you, you have a fantastic ability to protect your kids from really bad ideas. And that's part of it. There's no doubt about that. But our kids will eventually run into those very bad ideas. Right. They will hear these ideas. They will, and, and they will hear these ideas not from a devil in the classic devil outfit with the porch, you know, with, with the with the thing he carries, you know, just right. like, forgot the word. But anyway, but the, you know, the trident, the thing, not carry, <laughs> they, they, yeah, thank you, all right? But anyway, he's not going to look like the devil. They're right. going to hear these very demonic ideas, but they're going to be uh, presented with those ideas from a very persuasive perspective, either by a friend or a coworker or university professor who seems really nice. They talk in a very eloquent way. And, uh, and they're thinking, okay, wow, this idea sounds really good. My parents never told me this idea. And maybe they're just hiding it from me. Maybe my parents had no good idea or good response to the ideas they're presenting. So and this new hidden knowledge, man, it's kind of like forbidden fruit looks pretty good anyway. And it's in line with my simple inclination. So man, I think I'm gonna go along with this. I mean, our kids will face that. Right. And so if we don't prepare them to understand what they will be engaging, we're setting them up for failure in that particular way. And so we want them to know what they're going to be hit with later on, but it's got to be age appropriate. But I think it is so important that we don't merely just hide them from what the secular world teaching, teaches. We don't just hide them from the idea of evolution. We don't just hide them from the aberrant ideas taught by the world. We teach them at the right time age appropriate in the right amount. That's part of the great, great part of homeschooling. You can't control that. You right. can control that flow to a particular degree. All right. So we this week, we're going to talk about this issue to this degree. We won't use the words the world uses because they're not really appropriate on this issue, but I'll frame it in a biblical way, give them that secular argument, and show them how to counter that from God's word. And so I think the way you do that in the home setting is get some different resources that may help you engage different age groups on those issues. There's going to be a good time to talk about sexuality with your kid. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure seven is the right time for that, right? And it's going to depend on the kid as well, right? You know, but you are going to have to kind of work through some of that in your own household. And it's going to depend on the kid as well. I mean, I've got two children. 
So I don't have a, as many as some, but I do know just with my two, they're very different. Yeah. So I'm going to be willing to bet that, you know, that for Ian, he may face different things at different times than Macy will. So when do we engage them? How much will depend on their age, their own personalities, uh, and those sorts of things. So yeah. we kind of kind of weigh all that in the balance. But I think the general principle, though, as we're equipping our kids, is we want them first and foremost to know what they believe and why. Yeah. First and foremost, know God's word. Know what the Bible says about these issues. Know how to go to the Bible and use the Bible to tell people why we believe those ideas. This is where it comes from in God's word. This is why we believe this from the Bible. And then progressively in the right timing, teach them how to respond to the secular arguments against that particular set, that particular biblical teaching. Um, and so for example, at the ministry, we've got various books. Uh, one book that comes to mind is Answers for Teens. Hmm. And so in that book, it's geared towards teenagers, and it gives you a bunch of answers written in a way that's a little bit more uh, laid back, more engaging for teens. And then it deals with some questions that teens often deal with, but in a very good biblical way. So we're going to talk about sex, but in a good biblical way. We're going to talk about sexuality from a biblical perspective, but using good language, nothing uh, inappropriate, but teaching it from a good biblical perspective. So we have stuff like that. We got answers for kids. Like it's a book series, eight little books for kids from basically five to 11. And those books deal with a whole host of issues for that age group. And so they'll deal with so many different questions. So they're actually, the books are, they're a real question from a real kid with a paragraph answer. Yeah. And so they're really well done, really engaging. And, uh, and, and so it's age appropriate as well. And so you can go to different resources like us, maybe somebody else, other homeschooling organizations that have good materials for those age appropriate things. Read through those, get some good ideas, and then also filter what you teach from those to your kids when it's age appropriate for them based on their personality and kind of where they're at. But I do think we need to be keeping in mind the whole time, equipping them, setting on God's word, knowing what they believe and why, taking every thought captive, making it obedient to Christ. And then the other part of that argument is, well, that verse in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, is we are destroying arguments that raise themselves up against the knowledge of God. Amen. So we're going to equip ourselves and our kids to know what those arguments are. Mm -hmm. We will destroy them in a biblical sense, show why they're not true from a biblical perspective. And so they, so they can do that as well. And so we do that to be obedient to God's word. And then the point of doing that, the point of giving a defense, the point of destroying arguments, we're not just trying to destroy someone's arguments. So we win a debate and they look foolish and we look intellectual. We want to destroy those arguments to show the person your worldview has no foundation. You're building your thinking on sand. The truth is found only in God's word. And the ultimate truth from that is about salvation through Christ, which all of God's word points to, and then get to the gospel itself and point them to that ultimately. And so we're using all of that to get to that end. Amen. Whew. Good stuff. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Brian Osborne. Um, okay, I have two two last questions in these last okay. few minutes that we have. I want to talk to moms of boys, 
And because we're talking, you know, about raising our kids up um, in God-centered homes. And we talked about the importance of dads being the leaders of their home. But in order for dads to to really be the leaders of their homes, we it, it's it's very helpful for them to be raised in homes where they are taught and equipped to become those godly men. So right. can you talk to moms of boys? And this is something that, you know, I only have girls. I don't have brothers. I don't have <laughs> nephews. I don't have sons. My whole world is pink. So, <laughs> so I can't very easily yeah. um, right. talk on this topic, but I would love for you to give some encouragement to moms who have boys on how they can raise their boys to become godly young men who will eventually become the godly leaders mm-hmm. that God has called them to be. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think, you know, I, uh, I'm not a full blown expert, but I do have one boy and one girl, so I can't compare the two, sure. you know, in that sort of sense. And, that, and you are a boy. That's true. Very much so. <laughs> so we can compare in that sense, right? And we can, we know just even superficially, uh, boys and girls are different yeah. uh, in general. Now, there'll be nuances for every individual person. Everybody's going to be wired just a little bit differently, but there are these general truths for boys and girls. And of course, boys are typically a bit more rambunctious, a bit more energetic, a bit more uh, apt to take risk. Although in my household, my son Ian, he'll take risk, but he's a bit more analytical. He'll assess it. Okay, that could really hurt. I won't do that. My daughter, Macy, <laughs> no, not so much. She's just, I'm jumping off. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to jump off. We'll see what happens when I hit the ground. But I mean, but still in general, especially as they get older, you know, boys connect more in that sort of way. But God has wired men and women differently. And I think first and foremost, we have to be okay with that, right? Mm-hmm. And we should be because that's what God teaches. And right. that's a good thing. It's complementary to each other. Men and women, they complement each other. And that's what God has intended. We see that in his creation from initially his created order. And it's reaffirmed throughout scripture in marriage. The picture of Christ and his part of the church. We have this idea that men and women complement each other to the glory of God in that setting. So they are different and that's okay. Now understand, dear parent, that the world doesn't see it that way. And more and more we're being told that girls and boys are exactly the same and that there should be no divisions in shopping aisles and stores and there should be all the same clothes and all the same toys and there's no difference whatsoever. And so I think apologetically, you must as a Christian understand, okay, here's what I believe about it and why from scripture and be ready to give the reason for why you believe it from scripture in our world today and equip our kids with that. So first embrace that truth. Secondly, after we do that, we can understand our, our boys need to act like men and point them out direction. And when we point them to God's word as their authority and showing them through God's word examples of what it means to be a man of God. And there are plenty of those throughout scripture where you have godly men doing godly things for the glory of God by God's power, trusting in him and showing them and pointing them to that. And I want to emphasize something here that's really important. And that is, as we are showing our children, uh, boys and girls, because we're pointing our boys in particular in this conversation, to live godly, manly lives for God, and we point them to biblical characters, as we point them to, let's say, Daniel, right? Mm-hmm. Got to mention Daniel, you know? We point them to Daniel and the lion's den, and you think about, you know, Josiah or some of the, the, the very few godly Old Testament kings in the divided kingdom of Israel, or point to people uh, like Paul or whoever. So we point them to those people. We give examples in scripture. We see examples in scripture of them being godly. As we are looking at those people, we want to emphasize though that the hero of what's happening there in that particular account is not that person. Like when you look at Daniel in the lion's den, that event is not about Daniel. It's about God. Right. It's about what God is doing. 
We're talking about how Moses led Israel. It's not about Moses. It's about how God is using Moses to lead this people, to raise up a nation from that nation to bring the Messiah who provides salvation for our souls. When God uses Peter, it's not about how great Peter is, but rather how God's using this guy who puts his foot in his mouth quite often. He's using this man who's fallen and finite, but he's using him in an eternal way to make an eternal impact as his spirit works through Peter to draw people to himself, how God's using that person. And so we want to encourage them, yes, be manly in the biblical sense. And to be manly in the biblical sense is to trust God, to obey God, to be courageous, that even when you're scared, that even when you take a stand for God, you know it's going to cost you something, you do it anyway, because that is being faithful to God. But as we do this, and as we look at people who've done it, we're not the hero. They're not the hero. God is. The focus is not us. And I think we want to create or help our kids create a focus in their lives that is not self-focused. I think that is so helpful. Yeah. To show them the scripture that all of scripture is about Christ. It's yeah. all about what God is doing. Yeah. And so that helps shift the focus off ourselves. And if you want to see some of the most immature uh, grown-up boys, boys with hairy chests in our culture today, right? what are they? They're, they're boys who have a focus on themselves. Yeah. What can I do to please me? What can I do to gratify my desires? What can I do to uplift myself in the eyes of other people so they think well of me? It's all about them, them, them. And that's what sin is. Right. Right? And I just point a finger at that. That's all of us. Right. Sin is about uplifting myself. Whereas the biblical worldview says, no, you want to be godly, be mature in Christ. You want to be a true man of God. Then you suppress those things. You push yourself aside. You want to see God glorified. You want to obey him and watch him work and get and let him get all the glory. Because he'll get it anyway. Right. Push it all towards him. And then that'll be for his glory and your good. And you'll see God do amazing things you could not begin to imagine as you trust and obey. But then always pointing to him. And so shifting that focus, even as we read the Bible, from people to God is so important. And so I would say we really need to train our kids to see that and then to do that. And then I think if we want to have kids, who, boys who grow up to be men of God, we need to teach them and discipline them and disciple them to know how to walk with God. What does it mean to be a godly man? Now, of course, this is where a father's should be playing a huge role in this, setting yeah. the example, that physical presence, what it looks like to see, not just me open my Bible before my kids. Right. That's relatively easy. What's harder is, you know, helping my wife by doing the dishes when she's overwhelmed with all the other stuff or me, you know, doing that load of laundry or me, you know, hey, taking over for the kids and hey, let's go outside. Let's play for a little bit. Give mom a chance to do what she needs to do over here. Or me just being engaged and loving on my kids or me taking the time to stop and pray with the family. It's really just hopefully me not only talking the talk, but walking the walk with my physical life. And so we can do that. We want to train up our kids to know what does it mean? How do you walk a life that's pleasing to God? How do I, what does, what does doing daily quiet times look like? Yeah. How can I do that in a practical way? Um, how should I pray? I mean, how, how do I pray in a way that's honoring to God and that's biblical? How do I, how much time should I be reading? And there, there's flexibility in these answers, but giving them some sort of pattern, some sort of example to look at, say, aha, okay. Yeah, that's it. All right. I see mom and dad doing that and implementing that and then teaching them, oh, how do you read the Bible? How do you read it exegetically? How do you read it in context? How mm -hmm. do you, how do you ask those questions? Who, what, when, where, why, and how do you apply it to your life today? 
teaching them to know God's word, to rightly understand it, to apply it, and to live it, and showing them that and teaching them that. And if you do that, and God works through all that to draw your kids to Himself, and they live a life that's disciplined and focused on Him, then God's going to mold them and make them more of a man of God than we could ever imagine as they seek after Him. And so teaching them those disciplines and letting them be a lifelong pursuer, lifelong learner, yes, but also a lifelong pursuer of Christ. And then God will do make great things through that. Amen. Oh, I love that so much. Okay. I have one last question for you. Yep. I, and I'm going to twist this one around because I actually was going to ask this a different way, but you kind of answered my question, which prompted another question. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Good. What can we, cause I want you to answer this from a husband's perspective. How can we as wives encourage and support our husbands who are trying mm. to lead our families spiritually? Oh, that's, man, that is such a good question. The uh, My first thought goes to, I want to cheat because there was a post on Facebook where this pastor said, this is what I want my wife to pray for me for. It was really, really good. That's a list of all these things. Um, so I'm going to try to do some of that from memory. Sure. It was so good. But it, the the idea of the post is something I, that spoke to me. That is, if wives will pray for their husbands, that they will love God, that they will dig into the word of God, that they will have godly wisdom, that they would have a humble heart that wants to see God glorified and serve the family, that God would give us joy as we pursue him, that God would give us an eternal mindset that really, if you if you boil it down to the essence of the post, it was, wives, please encourage us and pray for us to have a Christ-focused mindset on life. Yeah. That is what we need more than anything. And then helping us to have that in our lives. And that can come in different ways. Uh, my wife's incredible. She's pursuing Christ. And she, she helps me by our conversations. She helps me by lovingly nudging me or hitting me sometimes to help push me in the right direction or some things. Um, you know, and she, and she, and I know and my wife knows my strengths and my weaknesses. And I know her and I know hers and they complement each other really well. So we work together on these issues. But, you know, helping me in that, praying for me, uh, and then speaking uh, life to me. My, my old pastor from Chattanooga would always joke with me and say, Brian, your biggest cheerleader is your wife. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, it really is true. My wife is my biggest cheerleader. She, uh, she thinks the world of me, and I think the world of her. And as men, oftentimes those words of encouragement are so helpful because, you know, women may not, may not know this, but oftentimes, hey, guys, we can, be, we can be intimidated by doing devotions and trying mm -hmm. to lead family time and trying to lead prayer time, especially, you know, if your family didn't do that. Right. So you're trying to do something you never saw yourself. That can be very scary for guys. And then I don't want to mess this up. What if I mess it up? Isn't that worse? You know, yeah. people get scared of that. And so uh, giving those words of encouragement to say, hey, you know, you can do this. Why? Because God will do it. Just trust him and you, I'll be there with you. Those words of encouragement, that edification, that prayer, that support. Um, and then just the love of a wife who's pursuing Christ. And I would say this, it sounds ultra spiritual, but I just think it's true. <laughs> say it. <laughs> I know. Women, if you will pursue Christ yourself, yeah. if you will pursue Christ with everything you have, Christ will mold you as he'll mold anybody else in amazing ways. It'll make you more Christ-like, and that'll be the greatest impact you can have on your husband. Wow. It truly is. And I, I can just say from my wife, <laughs> she'll get mad if she watches this. She's like, you're talking too much about me. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> right, but 
my wife, not perfect, no one is, but she has grown in her Christian walk over our last 23 years of marriage. She has grown so much. And her life is such an encouragement, an example, and a help to me as a guy trying to be a godly husband. And it's, it's just, there could be no better gift to me yeah. than her growing closer to Christ. And that's the best gift for me and our family. And it shows out in so many different ways. And so it sounds really cliche in a sense, well, hey, read your Bibles, pursue Christ, and become more like Christ, and everything gets better. But in the real sense, as we pursue Christ, yeah. God will use that in an amazing way to mold our lives and the lives of those around us. Yes. And our kids will see that, and that will be what will affect them in such a powerful way. On top of the fact that we're teaching them God's Word, what to believe, why to believe, how to defend the faith, and then be the salt and light God's called us and them to be. Amen. Wow. That was fantastic. Thank you so much for Absolutely. that encouragement. Um, man, thank you for how God is using you, how he's using um, Answers in Genesis, and how he's using Amen. you in Answers in Genesis. I know you've been a Praise huge God. part of their, um, you know, curriculum development and, you know, author, speaker, all the things. Um, so you have been such a blessing to more people than you know, I'm certain of it. Uh, but wow. God is awesome. I often joke that people, the fact that God uses me shows he likes to use the weak things of yeah. this world to shame the wise. Amen. That's what he's doing. Thank you, Lord. He's doing the same with me. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much, Brian, um, for your You're obedience. So thank you for being willing to say yes to the Lord and uh, just for your wisdom that you've shared this week. Um, you guys, thank you for joining us this week. You have been blessed. I'm certain of it because I know that I have. Please be sure to share this with your friends and please leave a review on iTunes if you have not done that already. We love getting those, but more so that really helps this podcast to get out. It helps more people to see it. The more reviews we have, the, the more people um, find it when they're looking for homeschool help. There are a lot of people out there right now who are bringing their kids home from school every single day. More and more people are bringing their kids home and they're scared and they don't know what to do. And so we are here to help. Sure. Um, we want to be able to encourage them. So please take a few minutes, leave a review and um, let us know how we can pray for you. Send us an email at podcast at schoolhouserocked.com. That goes directly to Garrett and I. And when we get those, we always do our best to answer you as quickly as we can. And if you need prayer for specific things, we really do pray for you as a family. And we want to know how we can do that. So thank you guys for listening. Have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you back here on Monday with another fantastic guest. Bye. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.